following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Hey, it's time for Belly Up Fantasy Live. Welcome in, everybody. We are going to talk about the AFC and NFC North this morning. What do they need to do in the draft upcoming to give us a boost fantasy-wise? It'll help them, obviously, on the field, but we're looking for fantasy points. So what does each team in the AFC and NFC North need to do to up their fantasy portion? Will we see a change in the guard of running back in Cincinnati? Will we see a new quarterback in Baltimore? All that and more coming up here on Belly Up Fantasy Live. Alan Rieger getting traded to Minnesota changes nothing. Six foot four guys running four fours. These guys don't grow on trees. And a lot of times I'm going to bet on, especially, you know, long term on the freak athlete. You don't ever want to overreact to what guys look like in preseason. There's been a ton of preseason all-stars that never make rosters or, or never pan out. There's the whistle. That means it's time for kickoff. That's right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chase Thornton, coming to you as always from the Mott and Bailey Basement Bar. With me, as always, is Kevin Wilson from down there in Texas. And uh, and we're ready to talk some AFC and NFC North uh, fantasy needs here coming up in the, in the upcoming draft. We are four weeks away from the draft, less than four weeks away, less than 28 days from now. We've got four Sundays between now and then. What we're going to do for you is, like I said, today we'll start with the AFC and NFC North. We're going to look at it, go team by team and see what do those teams need to do in the upcoming draft to boost essentially their offensive prospects. I mean, we're talking fantasy. If there's something uh, that, you know, that's really pressing defensively that we think could actually give some teams a boost uh, from a defensive standpoint, we'll talk about that too. Uh, that might be especially relevant today because these were not great uh, fantasy DSTs this, this year in the AFC and NFC North. But uh, but that's what we're going to talk about today and going forward. Kevin, how are you doing this morning? How, what, what, um, what do you know, friend? Chase is doing, you know, I'm doing great. And uh, uh, the storms passed through here before they had a chance to, uh, you know, build and, and a lot of the other places in the country had issues, as you know. But they got out of here. We've had a great weekend here. It's been sunny and nice. So life is good here. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we uh, we got absolutely uh, crushed with some snow over the weekend here. It was it was pretty rough going up here. They actually the the county put out a this is not an April Fool's joke. Do not travel. Stay in your house. Uh, yeah, there were there they had to use the plows just to get to people who were trapped on the roads, not even to clear roads. Uh, they didn't even come plow my street until well into late afternoon the other day. So it's been weird up here, but hey. It is such as life in northern Wisconsin, you know. We we'll probably right. have another one of these or two before before we actually see the sun. So let's get right into it. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. Now the draft is coming up, and that's about the biggest excitement we have right now. Like I said, you know, I've brought it up before. We're in kind of a dead zone right now in terms of anything actually happening, uh, unless we finally get some movement on the Aaron Rodgers or or Lamar Jackson front. Uh, but the the waves of free agency are over. And we're all looking forward to, to the end of the month here. Uh, we've got you know eight teams here in the AFC and NFC North that all look like they could be competitive. Um, you, you know, obviously we, we have the, the Bengals and the Ravens from the AFC North uh, playoff teams and, and, and 
looking good. The Browns missed out, uh, but they were in it until the last month or so, mathematically at least. Uh, obviously, the Lions and the Packers played each other in the NFC North for the last playoff spot, and that Lion victory ended up knocking both of them out. Uh, but we've got teams that look like they could be could be competitive. The Bears actually look like an up-and-coming team. Um, they may have actually finally figured it out in the front office there how to actually uh, you know, make progress. So uh, so it's, it's interesting time to be a fan of a team from the AFC or uh, NFC North. And uh, let's let's take a look. We'll start the, with the Bengals. Now, the Bengals obviously coming off a, a very successful year. Um, you know, they've they've been one of the better teams in the league for the last two for the last two seasons and uh, and really had a shot this year of, of, of repeating and going back to the Super Bowl if they could have just pulled it all together there right at the end. Uh, but they do have a little bit of turmoil, a little bit of, a little bit of turnover going on right now on their team. Now they've obviously got their franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow, which is step one ground level basement foundation for any team in the NFL. If you really want to win a Super Bowl, you need that that answer at quarterback. But uh, you know, over this course of this offseason, you know, they they lost Hayden Hurst in free agency. There have been questions, legal questions, and uh, and salary questions and things like that going on with Joe Mixon. They lost his longtime backup, Samaj P. Ryan, who signed with Denver. Uh, so we do have opportunity here for, for some kind of major changes here on the offense in, in Cincinnati. But, uh, but let's take a look at it. What do you think – is there anything that sticks out as a glaring need for you on the Cincinnati Bengals offense right now? Well, it's the same glaring need that they've had for the last couple of years now, and that is their offensive line. And uh, they tried to address it last year. Things were a little bit better this year, but not so much so because Joe Burrow was still getting sacked way too often. And so, you know, they're sitting there. They've got the 28th pick in the draft, which really doesn't help. You know, if you want to add a top quality guy, you could still get a quality guy. But I think that they are going to address that offensive line in the first round. And then, as we talked about before, the tight end position is a deep position in this draft. So I think that they are going to address that after the first round and, and get a guy in there to replace Hayden Hurst and, and, and we'll – We'll see what's going on with that. But offensive line, number one, uh, tight end, number two. And that's pretty much what I see as their needs. Uh, they've got four picks. They've got the 28, 60, 92, and 131. So they can add some players to their to their team. So it's interesting to me that what, what they're going to do. I think they can add some players and maybe be better than they were last year. Definitely. I, you know, I, I agree with you there. I mean, you know, it was, it was a big storyline coming into last off season. Were they going to upgrade that, that offensive line? And they tried, they, did, they tried, they tried their asses off. They, they <laughs> brought in a lot of guys and, and, and they retooled the whole thing and they ended up with the number 28 ranked offensive line in football, according to PFF after last season. That's not going to get it done. No, it did. No, it definitely did not help things on there on their level. Now, to be fair, they bring in Lyle Collins, you know, at, at right tackle and he suffers an injury in that. Um, 
So they come out this offseason, and now they've they've signed Orlando Brown Jr. off of the Chiefs, who honestly was not necessarily a lockdown left tackle, but they're going no, to replace and that's what their you left need tackle. Is a lockdown left tackle, and he's yeah. not that. Yeah. So Jonah Williams, who had played left tackle for them, then comes out and wants to be obviously he wants to be moved now because oh you brought a guy in to take my job. The Bengals are hoping to move him to right tackle, but like I just mentioned, they've already got Lyle Collins, who, when he's healthy, is a good right tackle in this league. He proved it down in, in Dallas, and that was the whole reason they brought him in in the first place. So we'll see what happens with the uh, their right tackle position. I agree with you that they need to upgrade that offensive line. They need to help out there. Um, on, top of, on top of all of the Joe Burrow being sacked problems, Joe Mixon was one of the least – efficient least effective runners in the league last year despite still gaining fantasy numbers i mean we only care about the end results of the the end totals we don't necessarily care about you know per but he was one of the least efficient runners in the league last year and they need to figure out a way to block better for him and for joe burrow and that's even if joe mixon's back which so, I suspect that he will be. There's no reason not to believe that. So, and right now it, it sure seems like I mean, especially after losing Samaje P. Ryan, when they lost P. Ryan, they lost his top backup. Now they do have Chris Evans and Travion Williams who have been there each for for a year or two now. So they've got guys that at least know the offense, but yeah, they are nowhere near the level of talent. No, they're nowhere near the level of talent. Attack, you know, your 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 off. That's not the trailer you want to attack to, you know, attach to your offensive car. No, especially for a team that's got, for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations and has already been there once. So we know they can do it. Right. Uh, And they've got the wide receivers. And and so if they can do some stuff and are with their backfield, and, you know, as you mentioned, we're not concerned about how the numbers are, but there's more potential like Joe Mixon had the potential to produce more numbers. Right. And if he can do that, I think he can with a little bit better offensive line play for the right. Bengals. Give the guy a chance to get up to, to get ahead of steam before he gets touched for one. I mean, right. Yeah, so let if you the get guy in the backfield, it's kind of hard to gain your four yards if you already got a guy that's one you know yard touching exactly. one yard deep. Now, the one thing I will say with him or one thing that I think we do have to keep in mind and mention on him is that he is starting to get expensive for a running back in this league for what teams want to pay their running back. Joe Mixon, because he's been in the league for a while, because he's been successful, uh, he's starting to maybe price himself out of a range where teams are going to want to continue to pay that much for a running back. So it's not, and losing P Ryan, it's not outside the realm of possibility that they could be looking for a running back here in the first lay, I say three, four rounds, um, or maybe try and find somebody late. We know running backs can right. be had late. We saw it last yeah. year with Isaiah yeah. Pacheco. Um, now, what but do you think? That, you, know, you mentioned running backs. There's a guy that uh, I'm interested in, and his he's got an interesting last name, Tajay Spears, is yeah. a guy that I think that could really work out well for them, that could come out later in the draft and uh he's out of Tulane there's not a lot of uh press probably around the country regarding him so he's a guy I think that could fit into that offense pretty well if they decide like I as I suspect they're going to address the offensive line then they're going to get their tight end because they don't they don't have one 
then they can go out and and get one of these because you can have success as we all know with later round running back no i agree yeah i agree with you there tajay spears uh from tulane he's a guy that could be had maybe in the third round may even may even slip to a saturday pick so you don't have to spend the kind of draft capital on him that teams are really kind of reluctant to spend at that position right now. So he would be, he would be a possibility uh, very much. So now you talk about tight end and they did bring in, now they signed Irv Smith jr. From the, from the Vikings. Well, does that, does that answer that zero. question for you? Or that's, do you still no, think it does need? not that, that builds up zero uh, excitement in me. I don't know about, about you, but I'm, I, I, I don't want to have Irv Smith anywhere near my fantasy team. <laughs> I, you know, Irv Smith is one of those guys, and, and I obviously living here in Northwest Wisconsin. I I get Viking news all the time. I've seen it up, up close and personal. Irv Smith is one of those guys in fantasy that we've been waiting for since he was drafted. Waiting and waiting and we waiting. Kept, we, he's right. always going to be. He's always going to be. He's always going to be. And uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's the he's the Devonte Parker of tight ends at this point for me. I'm done waiting for him. I'm, I'm done waiting I'm, for I'm him. If, if you can't do it with Joe Burrow, you can't do it. Right. Now they, so, now, they do have Devin Asiasi, Devin who's been around for a little while, too. But they really do need an answer there. And this is a deep draft for tight ends. So they do have an opportunity here to, if they want to spend high capital, they could right. get somebody really good. Uh, or, like I said, it's a deep enough draft. They could get somebody later down the line on, it, on day two it, it, or day three to take that. Right. And there's another guy who's not even a playing – I don't even know – Division One football. I don't even know what they call it anymore. But uh, the guy I'm talking about is Tucker Craft, tied in from San Diego State. Or, or not San Diego, South Dakota. South Dakota. State, my bad. San Diego – a little, yeah, little South, difference there. San Diego, San Diego State said everybody's minds after last team. night. So, <laughs> yeah, so South Dakota State. And he's a guy that you can wait, you know, if you want to address that offensive line in the first round, which I highly suspect they will, they can get a guy like that and uh, address the tight end position. And I think that'll work out fine for them. Sure enough, yeah, 6'5", 254, ran a 4'6'9 at tight end, which is nice for the former Jackrabbit running like a Jackrabbit out of the tight end spot there. Right. Uh, again, a guy who could be had maybe in that third round. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'll slip to – he might slip to day three just based on, like you said, uh, coming from a lower division. But, uh, again, a guy who with that kind of athleticism, you add him to that three deep receiving core that they have, which is probably right. the best three deep uh, receiving room in the, in the whole league uh, between Jamar Chase and T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd. Uh, you add him to that mix. That could be really fun to watch. Right. So, so we all, we both agree. They need to address that offensive line, especially offensive line. So if they decide to do that, how about Darnell Wright? offensive tackle from Tennessee and we all saw how Tennessee's offense was rolling up and down the field and so there's more than one player coming out of Tennessee I think that's going to have some major impact on teams in this coming up year so very much he's so. a guy that I think they they can get and, and solve a lot of problems for them on a offensive offensive line that's right, and, and you know if if they're looking if they're looking to solidify the interior of that defense anywhere, um, you know, a guy the top ranked guard on the board right now in a lot of people's minds, Osiris Torrance from Florida, uh, he's he's ranked right there at the 
at that one, two turn where they're going to be picking at the tail end of the first round here. He's, right. he's a guy that wouldn't be a reach if they took him there and, you know, could do, could do a lot of things for their offensive line as well. Uh, let's, let's move on. Let's take a look at the Ravens. Now the Ravens have been an interesting story all off season to begin all with. off season. It, it continues to this very minute. <laughs> yeah, because minute to minute, we don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. We've been waiting to hear, you know, he, they, they slapped the, the non-exclusive franchise tender on Right, which makes that, that he requested a trade completely and utterly meaningless. Right. Meaningless. He can, right. he can negotiate with every single team in the NFL. Right. There's, there's, there's no reason for that. He, he's allowed to, to talk to anybody he wants to. Now, obviously, if he is given an offer, the Ravens have the right, basically right of refusal. They can they can agree to match any offer that he's given, right? And he's theirs again for 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 the year or for however long the terms of the offered contract are. Uh, but it, we're waiting to see the the culmination of of events here. We we have to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. I think everybody, I think everybody thinks that it's it's a very likely scenario he goes back but i i mean there's been a lot of talk that maybe this relationship is too fractured maybe you know maybe he won't he will he won't agree to yeah, i would like to know who exactly is fractured with lamar jackson because the coach is out there telling everybody oh i love him and and uh come on down and you know let's have a big kiss here and stuff like that so in the front, in Baltimore's front office, is pretty much known for, to run things the right way. And so, I would really like to know where this disconnect is coming from. Probably because he he talks, and there's no intermediary agent. We've talked about that before. And so, if he does go back to Baltimore, I you know his relationship with the coach would be fine. Should be. And his teammates are probably getting sick of hearing this every right. single day. So if he doesn't want a fractured locker room, he might want to settle this and get in and 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 you know call up his buddies and high five them or whatever. So <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and even even in the extraordinary circumstance that they lose Lamar Jackson, we know they have Tyler Huntley as his main backup, who when he's been healthy. And when he's been thrown in there, has actually performed fairly well. He's been good from a, and from a fantasy standpoint too. He can score you points. Tyler Huntley, running quarterback, uh, but you know that is a position where, especially if they lose Lamar Jackson between now and the draft, that they could be looking at. Uh, but I think the the main thing that they need to look at, the main place they absolutely have to upgrade on that team fantasy purposes, but also just to get themselves moving on the football field is the wide receiver position. Now, okay. I'm with this, you on that. This is a team that was 28th in passing yards last season. They're, they're absolutely stagnant passing offense. Now you have to caveat that number with the idea that Lamar Jackson was hurt. Their starting quarterback was hurt for part of the year and out. Uh, Rashad Bateman missed essentially the year with you know with with an injury and they're they're operating with Devin Duvernay and James Prochet as their as their top two 
wide receivers. Now, yeah. Bateman coming back will help them a lot, but they, and they do sign Nelson Aguilar. Does Nelson Aguilar uh, sign and excite you? That moves the needle, not one iota. <laughs> not right. one. Right now, and, now uh, Baltimore does now the Baltimore doesn't pick until 22. 22. So, so that's going to be an issue for them if if they want to maybe get one of the tight top guys. But at number 22, a couple of guys that I do like, Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. And uh, you're going to have to help me with the Jackson Smith, the, the Koba. Yep, in Jigba. <laughs> I was Jackson way Smith off. and Jigba. Yeah. I was so off on that one. But uh, <laughs> out of uh, Ohio State. And so. You know, Ohio State wide receivers know how to catch passes. And so I think that that would be a good fit on their team. And uh, this is not wide receiver related, but one of the guys that intrigues me is a running back, actually, for them. And I'm talking about Bajon Robinson out of Texas. And everybody in the world has him coming to the Cowboys, but they pick after Baltimore. And so if they want to make a splash, because anybody that knows how to run the you know, running game, it's Baltimore. The best running team in football, one of the best running teams in football annually. They have been. Now, they've got some running backs there, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. But none of them have been healthy. None of them have been consistent. And so that's a, they might su- surprise some guys if they decide to do that. But it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Well, picking in 22, I definitely think that Robinson is more in play for them at, at 22. You know, and and like you said, some of these receivers that may fall, uh, it's not as maybe exciting a uh, draft class for receivers as it was last year. As well, there are thought some it was good last ones. Year. Trey Parker out of Nebraska. Well, there's, there's some very good right? ones. And then they got uh, another his uh, Ohio State brethren, Tanner McKee. McKee. Yeah. So. There's some wide receivers to be had if they decide to do that in the draft. Picking at 22, if they lose Lamar, doesn't leave them in position to probably grab one of the top quarterbacks. So they no. may have to wait for a while. But if they're going to wait for a while, you're probably better off just signing a, a veteran that's out on the market to back up Huntley and just roll with Huntley for this year if they right. end up losing Jackson. Right. Now, who knows? If they lose Jackson, they may pick up a higher draft pick because of the – They might. The, they very the well may do that. are tied to him. Right. But, uh, but Baltimore's problem is whoever they have playing a quarterback, their whole team is built around Lamar Jackson. So it's not like you put anybody back there no. and he would be productive because that's not their offense. Which is one reason why I say, yeah, they, they should roll with Huntley – Keep right. Huntley around because you know he can run the offense that you've built there, and then you know look to look to change it up later. Uh, I think we both agree that they definitely need to address wide receiver. Absolutely. Uh, you know Bateman coming back will be a big boost for them. They still have Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the game, who unfortunately was not as healthy last year and didn't perform as great as, as we were hoping. As the, yeah, I had him ranked as my number one guy. He's probably off the board in the third round last year. He was a big gigantic disappointment yep and i again i attribute most of that to to what was happening on the other end of those throws unfortunately um all right what well, we got a we got a comment here Absolutely. from from josh Mahler, our colleague here at belly up sports says he's on a long drive what better way to pass the time than to listen to belly up fantasy live uh i'm not going to argue with that josh at all i would <laughs> If 
you're no, looking for, you're no looking for fantasy insight, Josh, you're bringing on the power. We appreciate that. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna be driving, so, you might as well be yeah. learning. You might as well be, you know, making some, making use of the time. So, uh, thanks for putting right. in the time here and listening so, yeah, with so, us. You know, yeah, leave leave the ACDC till we're off the air. Then you <laughs> yeah, yeah, then you can fire that up. All <laughs> right, moving on here in the uh, in the AFC North now. Uh, well, let's look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They finished third in the North last year. They look to have uh, to they look to have gotten their their quarterback. Kenny Pickett got thrown in, I think, earlier than a lot of us thought he would. But actually, I mean, he looks uh, like he could be really surprised given who was ahead of him. <laughs> with May, uh, Mason Rudolph, who had been there, and Mitch Trubisky, uh, I figured with the I figured with the contract that Mitch Trubisky has, that it was a it was a classic bridge quarterback type contract where they would let Kenny Pickett learn for a year or two. Right. They didn't see it that way. They're making the big well, bucks the to make those decisions. Well, the bridge was collapsing, so they decided to make the move. <laughs> right. Uh, so they have a quarterback answer. They have some young run. They have, a couple of young running backs there. So they don't really need to, to, to look at that. Pat Fryermuth is one of the best young tight ends in the game right now. Um, yes, I love him. So when we look tight at the end, Steelers, love him. we look at the Steelers, the two, yeah. the two areas I think they need to address, one for sure, uh, is offensive tackle and, and the offensive line there. The number 20 ranked, uh, you know, the number 16 ranked, I should say, offensive line, last season right in the middle yeah. of the pack but the, yeah you the, can you can live with that you know it's not great you can live with it you know but again you want to talk about efficiency numbers Najee harris was a was a disaster in terms of efficiency numbers and has been for two years one of the, the biggest reason i had Najee harris ranked so high coming into last season was i thought that they would continue to lean on their run game more and give him the kind of volume that we saw his first year in his rookie season. Remember his rookie season, uh, you know, he, he was oh, catching yeah. the ball all over the place. He had, he had he was the running the ball every other play, it seemed like. He had a ton of volume, and I figured that was going to continue. Now, they did not throw to him as much last year, and he was not efficient again. Well, that might, you know, the quarterback's the answer to that. Probably. Right. Now, they've got Chuki Okorafor at, at right tackle, and he's he seems to have that position locked down. But their le- at their left tackle position, Dan Moore was not quite as effective as a turnstile would have been. So I, I see tackle as a position where if they could shore that up and help with that, it's going to keep people off of their young quarterback there, Kenny Pickett, and allow him to continue to develop and get the ball out. Uh, but it, it's going to go a long way too, shoring up that offensive line towards maybe helping the efficiency numbers of this run game. Well, I'm going in a different direction because I think they need to address that defense, which is kind of weird to say because Pittsburgh and defense, like, you know, it's a ham sandwich, right? Ham and, and bread go together. Right. So, but, uh, so they've got the 17th pick, so they're going to have some interesting options there. And I think the most interesting one for them is a player whose dad played for them. And I'm talking about Joey Porter, Jr. Yeah. All right. So out of Penn State. And so he's a local local dude. You know, so Essentially, I yeah. think I mean, bringing him on board and getting that defense turned around a little bit. And then offensive line, because like the 16th, you can kind of live with that. 
but their defense isn't getting it done. So I think they definitely have to address that defense in the first round. Yeah, that, I you know, I mentioned that coming into last season. I said the, the the problem with that is they needed to get back to being the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Steelers, and that means exactly. defense, and it's meant defense for 50 years now, quite literally. Right, Mean Joe and all the way, you know, Palomalu. Palomalu, yeah, the, the thread has carried through. James Harrison and, and, as you mentioned, Joey Porter, they are they have to have a good defense there in order to probably just feel like themselves even right but uh yeah so i agree there completely i i think that addressing that defense and getting that short up would go a long way toward helping this team be more successful and if you can increase that if you can improve your defense obviously you're going to be putting your offense on the field more if your offense is on the field more we're going to see more fantasy points yeah this is a team that was only number 20 talking about Go ahead. Go ahead. So these are not fantasy relevant things that we're really talking about. But if you get your team on the field offensively, then things will work out better fantasy wise. And 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 plenty of leagues still have a team DST, the defense and special teams. This is a team that was only ranked number twenty last season. I'm not in a league that doesn't have that, so I don't know who's playing. Right? Yeah, it's it's been a movement. You know, I know in the industry, it's been a movement. People are people are tired of playing with kickers. People are tired. Well, those people relying on stay away from any league I'm in because they're they're part of football. Right. So why wouldn't they be on the field? Why wouldn't they be? And and it's kind of you know because you and I are in baseball fantasy now, and the catcher position was the a wasteland of wastelands, but now catcher position is actually deeper than it's been in a long, long time. So these kind of things can work out where the tight end, with all these tight ends coming in, maybe we probably not saying that again at this point next year. Right. As far as tight ends are concerned. So, because right. I've heard people say, well, let's not have any tight ends either. So, <laughs> no, yeah, no. You, you, you have to have nonsense away from me. Yeah, there's no sense in going to only the three, the big three on offense. You're taking all of the, you're taking all of the strategy, in my opinion. All the strategy, taking a lot of strategy and all the, you know, it's football. Yeah, deal with it. So if you don't want to play with a defense or a kicker, then I'm sure you'll find maybe, you know, I don't know, Sweden or somewhere. <laughs> Maybe I'm a purist. Maybe I, maybe people should just get off our lawn. But yeah, no, I, 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 I like keeping. I like keeping the positions. I'm, I'm, I like the idea of adding third receivers. I like the idea of adding second flexes and super flex and two quarterback leagues. I like all of those, but I don't like. I don't necessarily like in redraft formats. I don't like tossing the other positions away like that. No. Uh, so for the Steelers, I yeah. Talk about that offensive line, solidify that offensive line, shore up that defense. Things are going to be better. They're running backs right now. The, the running backs that they have, they're they're too young to really bail on those guys yet. No, no. no. And and they're not good. They're not moving on from Kenny Pickett. Obviously, they've they've got a young rookie quarterback on a contract that they think they can build around at the receiver position now. They they do yeah. have Deontay Johnson, who's one of the better guys in the league. Fantasy-wise, a bit of a disappointment last year, but the guy is not going to finish top five in targets again and not score a touchdown. So you guys can, you know, everybody take a deep breath with Deontay Johnson. They have George Pickens, who's an exciting player. 
but we didn't see a ton of fantasy numbers out of him last season. And of course, then they have Calvin Austin, who they, uh, who they drafted last year and didn't get to put on the field at all. Thanks to his injury. After them, they've got a bunch of dudes, just dudes. dudes. Yeah. Dudes that you wouldn't recognize if they came up and. You know, <laughs> kicked you in the shit. Gunnar Olszewski, <laughs> Anthony Miller, the former second yeah. round flame There's off no of Chicago. There's no need to talk about any of those. Guys. No. So, I mean, if they really wanted to, they could probably bring in another receiver that would help that room. They could. But and another guy that at... I like and Go who's got Josh Downs, as in first down, right? <laughs> first downs. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Get first downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina. That's going to have to so, be his nickname there. Yeah. First down, you know what I'm saying? So, because um, after 17, they got 32, 49, and 80. And so there, there's going to be some uh, guys, if, if, if they miss out on downs, how about Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver out of Houston, that they can possibly bring in there. So there are some wide receivers, even though it's not the wide receiver draft that what was – coming in like last yeah, yeah, year it's not last year's it's draft, not that there it's are not guys that. that can help there are guys that can help a team this year um yeah speaking of cool nicknames tank dell they're like you said from I, houston yep that's a game i have him that's i was gonna nickname. mention him at some point you beat me to it tank now come on now i like that that's yeah, the I guy like you that want nickname. on your football team if you, you know. <laughs> even if it's at wide receiver even not if it's a tank receiver. at wide receiver yeah so uh right. so if you got you know you're on the clock in the fifth round Let's go ahead and bring a tank on board. Jump on tank. All right. We're going to listen to our, sh- our spot for Bandscape here before we get to the uh, draft wasteland that is Cleveland here, and then we'll move on to the NFC North. But like I said, first, <laughs> let's listen to our spot here for Manscaped. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. All right, welcome back to that. Like we said, get on there, use that promo code BELLYUP20 for 20% off there at Manscaped. And yeah, as 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 the ad said, they're not just for down below; they're for up top too. Now I'm that's like, right. I, it's slowly but surely, I get to the point where I can start using my you know my trimmer actually possibly up top. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. It does come in. It just takes a lot longer than most people. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Let's take a look at the Browns now. This this is a team, the Browns, that 
honestly, offensively, they don't appear to have a ton of holes on this team. Uh, if Deshaun Watson has the answer at quarterback, and he better be because they're paying him like it. Better be. <laughs> uh, they had the number six ranked offensive line last season. Ethan Post. It seems like Cleveland knows how to build an offensive line. They have. That's Throughout the one history, thing they, they seem don't like they've been getting. Do anything right. else, but they that can is build the an offensive one line. thing that they do seem they've gotten right. Correct. They 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 seem to bring in guys and and fit them around and perfectly there. Um, Jedrick Wills at left tackle for them is, is has been not spectacular. Jack Conklin has had a little bit of injury issue at right tackle after the big free agent signing there, but they keep finding guys to fill holes on that line. Wyatt Teller came out of nowhere to be an outstanding guard for them. Um, so they don't have a ton, and, and they've already got Nick Chubb, who's one of the best running backs in the game. Now, we don't know if Kareem Hunt doesn't look like he'll be back. It looks like he'll be elsewhere in free agency, but he is still out there. They could always bring him back. If they don't, they do have Demetri Felton and Jerome Ford, a couple of recent draft picks behind him, cheap guys at running back, so they don't need to go there necessarily. Uh, they bring in Amari Cooper. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones. They make the big trade for Eli Moore and cost themselves right. their so, second draft pick. So the wide so, receiver position is not a position of need. No, I, I think – and they and behind those three guys even, they have David Bell, who was one of their – it was a third-round pick for them last season, one of the top receivers uh, you know, in Purdue history. Uh, who looked solid. He, he's not he's not a big playmaker, but he looks like a first down move chains type guy. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is a guy that they maybe had higher hopes for as a speedster, but they do sign Marquise Goodwin. Uh, speaking of speedsters, a former Olympic sprinter. So yeah. they, and David Njoku, Harrison Bryant uh, as a one-two at, at tight end. They bring in Jordan Akins, who has a, a history with Watson. So they don't look to have any offensive holes that are glaring. They've actually done a very good job this week, this year of, of filling those, those little which needs is, that they had on offense, which is fortunate for them because they don't have a pick till round three, right? This is a team that not only does not have a first round pick until our children graduate, thanks to the Deshaun Watson decision. Uh, but like we said, they trade away their second pick for Eli Moore. Now it's, if you could trade away a second round pick and get back a 23 year old, as opposed to trading away a second round pick and getting back a 39 year old, as the Jets are maybe looking at doing, uh, you know, then then you're talking about a fair trade off there in terms of in terms of your your future risk and, and mortgaging your future kind of thing. Uh, so the Browns, I mean, honestly, all most of their needs are on defense. This is a defense that that underperformed last season, defense. especially against the run. So they've already right. brought in Dalvin Tomlinson uh, to shore up the interior of that defensive line. And they brought in, they're going to lose uh, Jadavion Clowney to free agency. Uh, but even well, with him, they were not a big crying over that. They were not a big sack machine. They averaged, I think, less no. than two sacks a game last year, even with Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett on that team. But they bring in Albania Okoronkwo to shore up that other side guy who had five sacks last season, but he's only got nine and a half in his career. So I don't know if that's the, the answer for me, for my money, the Browns, the biggest thing they can do to help themselves and thus help us across the board would be to focus on that defensive line and the edge rusher. I agree with that. And since they're in the third round, you know, we're, we're reaching 
for guys that could go to them, and it, it's quite possible none of them might have a major impact right. on them. You would you would hope if you know because third rounds and just ask the Seahawks because they back in the day their third, fourth, and fifth round picks turned out to be legions of boom. So it's not yeah. unprecedented. It's not impossible, but you're talking about much more. It's much more of a dart throw and much more of a lottery ticket the later you That's get. That's right. Uh, regardless of position there. So, you know, like we said, not a lot there to talk about on the offensive side of things, but defensively, I think they could take, they could afford to take another, you know, another shot or two or try to do something to shore up that defensive line. And they probably need to bring in another guy to at least put in the rotation at edge. Uh, to go with Garrett Okonkwo and uh, last year's, well, the two picks from last year, but Alex Wright especially is a guy that they're kind of high on there that they think can can maintain that uh, rotation spot for them. But bringing in somebody else who was explosive off the edge could be really big for them. Uh, I agree. Move on. Let's move on then to the NFC North. We'll, we'll okay. talk about them now. Um, we get to the Minnesota Vikings who won the division last year. 13 and four. And on the surface, that looks really awesome. Well, yeah. And then you look and see that as a 13 and four team, they had a negative point differential on the season. They were outscored on the year by three points with a 13 and four record folks with, with that identical 13 and four record, the, the, the 49ers had something like 125 uh, positive point differential this was this is a house of cards and if they don't continue to keep the balance perfect this thing could fall apart in a hurry especially with an aging quarterback uh in Kirk Cousins right so from my standpoint the two positions they need to focus on that would really help fantasy wise they need more in the wide receiver room in terms of proven offensive talent Got a guy for you for that. They need to take the next guy at quarterback because Kirk Cousins. Okay. I got a guy for you for that. All right. Let's, well, let's hear them. Let's hear your guys then for who we can play in there in Minnesota. If the first round, if they don't go defense, I think that everybody that's in their front office probably needs to be marched out of town. That's just (laughs) my personal opinion on that. But if they decide to go wide receiver, then uh, how about Quentin Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU? Now, we didn't see it when they played Georgia, but TCU was an explosive offensive team this year. And so Quentin Johnson is going to make someone very happy at the wide receiver position. And so if they decide to go wide receiver, that's the guy that you can get because they got the 23rd pick in the first round yeah. that's a guy you could get at the 23 position and and have an impact right there yeah it, it says something this year that you know there there isn't really that one receiver or you know that that everybody's kind of coalescing around is this is the no. top guy right depending on who on where you look and where you get your rankings or where you who you trust the best quentin johnston is is the top receiver uh Smith and Jigba from Ohio State is the top receiver. Some people think Flowers could be. Some people think Jordan Addison out of USC could be. Yeah, he's um, a guy that a multiple of teams could take. With his athleticism, 
Um, so at 23, receiver seems like a is a more realistic possibility than than grabbing the quarterback of the future uh, because you know no they're not grabbing any quarterbacks yeah, no, of the future no and then they shouldn't I, I agree with you that in the first round they should not be going quarterback they can't be looking at that they they need to no. look at that defense in in the first round if they do go defense you know then it's it's anybody's you know guess they they could afford to to upgrade at all three yeah. levels. Right, um, and if they decide to go defense, about Deontay Banks, quarterback out of of Maryland, is a guy not, I like. Not a bad time. idea, considering the offenses that they're going to be they're going to be facing. You're, you're going to be talking about offenses Detroit. that are that are trying yeah. to be much Detroit. more explosive. Detroit's yep. got De- Detroit's got some good run receivers. You got to figure that Green Bay, time. whatever happens there. They're still they know how to run an offense. They're still going to keep throwing the ball. You still got to defend against Christian Watson. Um, yeah, so I, I agree completely though that the defense is where they need to go in round one. But uh if they when they look at offense, they need to take another wide receiver, they need to get some competition in that room. And I think they need to at least take a guy to start developing behind Kirk Cousins. Now okay. I'm you're, not you talking, you're not talking you're not talking about a guy. You're not talking about a top guy. No, but I you got have a guy to take for you. somebody younger. I think okay, how about uh, Tanner McKee, quarterback, Stanford. Tanner McKee out of Stanford. You know, there's a guy that, you know, you're, we're looking at Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not overly mobile, but he's not, he's not, he's not a statue, you know, no. in, in the, in the backfield either. Uh, Tanner McKee, now he, he plays for Stanford, not necessarily always known as a, as a pass, as a high passing team. Um, but He's a guy that offers a lot. He's 6'6", 231. You know, I mean, he's got the, the size. He's, he's almost got more well, size than, than you need. He's, he's playing power forward. Right? Example. Yeah. I mean, he can, you know he can see over the top of the, over the, top of the line there. Um, but he's not so tall because a lot of, you know, taller guys, that quarterback, that doesn't work out. No. No, not at all. But I mean, this guy threw for almost 3000 yards last year in, in 12 games in an offense that hasn't always been known as a passing offense. No. Uh, you know, he completed 60, 60% of his passes over 60% of his passes in college, which is what you need to see. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that you could take and you can get later. You don't have right. to take him in the first round. Like, like these no. other big names that we've talked about, and he's a guy that has some of that build potential that you could make, you could turn into a, you know, you could turn into a serviceable starter maybe down the line. So I agree with you completely that he could be a guy that that might be able to come in, sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year, two at the most, I would think, and then yeah, uh, and then possibly be the guy. Right, you know, because Kirk Cousins, he has all that money. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can let him and, go now. Yeah, you. That would completely devastate your salary cap and everything else if, if if you weren't playing him. And he played well, so it's not like you, uh, you know, it's not like you need a guy right he now. He hasn't killed that team. He, he hasn't killed know, that if, team. If, but if they could just keep him off prime time, either. I guess things would be a lot better up there in Minnesota. Yeah, but if you could always play in that noon noon one o'clock slot, that you know noon for our time one o'clock in the east. But if you could keep him always in that early afternoon slot, yeah, I, hey, life would be, be you know exceptional. Be but uh, 
But as your starting quarterback, you can roll for one, probably two years, and your team's right. going to be all right. Right. So, yeah, wide receiver there, definitely. Uh, defense, I think we both agree on. Absolutely. Then, uh, like defense? I said, I think they do need to take that quarterback or at least a developmental quarterback to get yeah, The few, because, uh, you know, I'm in, in the Dallas area, and so I was able to see Dallas versus Minnesota. And that's not something that Minnesota no, wants out there, you know, circulating. You know, <laughs> this this was this was not the highlight of our season. No, that is that is not going to be. Yeah, uh, that's not going to be on the uh, you know, on the honor roll there when you when you're talking about highlights of the 2022 season. All right. right. So, and, 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 as we've seen, because they won a lot of single possession games. And a that has of, a way of ton of, of working a ton of them. No, there, 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 will be, there will be regression the to the mean in that. Exactly. There will definitely right, so be regression not towards the go, mean in that, in that area. Yeah, they're not going to go, what was it, 10-1 or 11-1, whatever it was, in one score games. Yeah. That's not happening two years yeah. in a row. So they finishing, need that. Finishing defense. nine games over 500 in the NFL with a negative point differential – that's a that's and that Cowboys game played a played a big part in that, but oh, uh, that's not going to happen again. No, that's hard to pull off. So the the now let's move to the other team then that that people are talking about for next year uh, as possibly being the top team in the North, the Lions, the Detroit Lions, had a shot at the playoffs literally until the last day, won their last game, so they they took care of the business they needed to that day. They just needed your Seahawks to have lost, but they did not, they did not Green Bay off the pedestal there uh, and keep them out of the playoffs and send Aaron Rodgers out of town on a sour note. I I know Uh, that, uh, that hurt your, you know, because you're a Green Bay guy up there, uh, but you know, 80% of the country loved to see that. Oh, the Lions have been, they were fun to watch last season. They, they were. Are, they are an up-and-coming team. I think yeah, they are the figuring it out. Them, but they had to put 40 points on them to win that game. I think Minnesota and Green Bay have run that division for so long. But I think they need to be really, really nervous about what's happening in Detroit and Chicago right now. Right. Um, this 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 division just got a lot tighter, and it'll get even tighter as soon as Aaron Rodgers finally skips town. Um, but the Lions, here's here's a team again. Now they they lose Jamal Williams, who led the league in rushing touchdowns last season. They bring in David Montgomery. They filled that hole. They've still got DeAndre Swift. They did. So they, David Montgomery is a player backs. that I like. They've got the like number him as a player. Eight. I like oh, him I, as a fantasy guy. So David Montgomery's yeah, yeah, you know he can catch the ball, you know he can run the ball. I from a fantasy standpoint, it bummed me out a little to see him go there because he is a receiving running back, but they already have DeAndre Swift. And I think that they're between the two of them. Now you're going to end up, I think, with Montgomery much more in that Jamal Williams runner role. And Swift sticking to his pass role, where if if either of those guys was just the guy, you'd be talking about a, a fantasy monster in terms of numbers. But they're both still going to be usable, and Montgomery could be a, a big steal this season in that offense. But they've got that position hammered out. They've got uh, you know they've got plenty of of wide receivers. 
funny. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Bon. If yeah. they're going to have like a full season of healthy Jameson Williams. Field. There's wide receivers as far as the eye can see in Detroit. <laughs> right. So, they, uh, so they, uh, they've got that. Looks like they've got that right. covered. They have committed to Jared Goff. Not covered. They say they've committed to Jared Goff at quarterback. Okay. Uh, but they could use somebody for, there. I can buy it. But I like what you just said in tight end. Because, you know, they don't have Hawkinson. No. They and... trade away they trade away TJ Hawkinson. But now they are sitting Detroit sitting in the catbird seat here for my they, opinion. They're sitting and, at number six. They have and number they six. Take the defensive player, whoever's top on the board. And then one of the interesting players is of course Jalen Carter out of Georgia, who if he hadn't had all these legal issues, he could be there coming off six. the board, probably number three. He could be. He could still be there at number six because he will, of those I'm issues. Now he will be there at number six. He might be there later, really, because he didn't have a pro. You know, his pro day was was disastrous, and so his stock has fallen. But if they like what they see and like what they, you know, because you put on the tape from the season, he's blowing the doors off the place. Oh. You can't and you can't so, argue with his with his talent, and you no. can't argue with the pedigree he's coming from. He, he played against the best of the best in college. Played with right. the best of the best in college. And he blew them all up when 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 you know, like I was mentioned about TCU, their offense was was just out there. But then they played Georgia, and it was like you know, my kitty that's asleep over here. And so <laughs> right. I like. I think if, if they can, if they go Jalen Carter at number six, I think that's going to be a good selection for them. Right. I mean, he's he's a top five type prospect. If he is still there at six, I think you jump on him. That would really help them a lot. Uh, but I like what you said about tight end. They, you know, this is a team that that had Hawkinson for so long, never really seemed to. So he never long. blossomed there like we all felt he should have. He gets to Minnesota and shows that we were all justified in how we felt about him. But that's the one position on offense they don't seem to have an answer at. After after they got no. rid of Hawkinson, they they tried to roll with this this you know mishmash of Brock Wright and Z- Shane Zilstra, James Mitchell, and they actually didn't perform too poorly. But from a fantasy standpoint, we don't want to see a three headed monster at any one position. We want no. to see a guy and the guy. And Detroit having the number six pick and the number 18, 18 pick, pick is sitting perfect for that. The way I that. see this happening is they take two Georgia players. Okay. Okay. First. Okay. Okay. So they take Carter, number six, and then at number uh, 18, Darnell Washington, tight end, Georgia. And that would be that could work out absolutely perfect for them. Darnell Washington. Yeah. Darnell Washington is the guy I've actually seen connected to the Packers at, uh, at some point. But uh, he's a guy that, I mean, if they if they skip on him at, at 18, there would be a chance he could still even be there in the next round for them. Uh, Maybe. Deep tight, deep tight end draft. So. Deep tight end draft this season. You're talking, you've got Dalton Kincaid out of, out of Utah. Utah. Meyer Utah. out of Notre Dame. Yeah, Utah. All right. So, you know. <laughs> there you go. We've got Meyer out of Notre Dame. you got Luke Meyer's Musgrave out of Oregon State. Meyer's going to be the first pick in the draft, which I suspect we'll talk about here in a minute. You already talked about Tucker Kraft coming out of South Dakota State. Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Iowa. 
I, and, I, know, Iowa, you know, they 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 like their beef up there, and they and, and they so, turn out know, tight ends. Any tight end from Iowa is going to be a big boy. So, George, and George Kittle would would love to talk to you about yeah how things are going in Iowa, but uh, yeah, I I think that that they are definitely in position to be able to take the one and not have to reach for one at all because no. of their the fact that they have that number six pick in the in the first round, having that six and having that number eighteen. They can go any way they want to go. They're sitting in, in, a, in a perfect position right now uh, to really improve that team a lot. Um, yep. I do think they should look at taking a developmental quarterback, but I like the idea that they've they've committed to Goff as being their guy. He's been solid. He has He's taken a team to the Super Bowl and, before. And, and, yeah, the Rams ran him out of town, you know, on a rail. Right. Right, they ran. They ran him out, but he did take right. Him to it was kind of like Frankenstein and in and in, in with the torches and everything else. <laughs> and uh, but he went up there, and he's played well. He's a guy, you know. You talk about fantasy. He's a guy that uh, if he's your number, if you're in a two quarterback league and he's your second quarterback, you are set. Oh, you're sitting great if he's your number two. If he's yeah. your number two quarterback, you're sitting yeah extremely well. Um, I mean, he, he, he's he's been a solid guy for most of his career, right? He wasn't right. spectacular, and he, he wasn't in the Super Bowl, and everybody was soured on him because of that. If you're talking about a guy who was taken with the 12th overall pick or the the, the 20th overall pick, nobody would bat an eye at what Jared Goff has done in his career. But being the top overall pick, people had a lot more expectation for him. Now he's right. t- he took his team to the Super Bowl. The team that drafted him, he took them to the Super Bowl. Right. And he is he was the number 10 quarterback in fantasy last season. If you have the number 10 guy as your number, like you said, is your number two in fantasy. Right. Nobody was taking league, him early oh, in a draft. No, no nobody's was. jumping on him as a top 10 quarterback draft wise. No. He so outscored. If you have well, him on your fantasy team, you're set. And if How many you people would have drafted out, him? Yeah, if you're in redraft and you want to hold out for a little bit to take right? a quarterback, you could make a go of it with just with Jared. You could Hall. make it because as you, their offense is firing on all cylinders. How many people would have drafted Jared Goff ahead of Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Tua, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott? All guys yeah. that were drafted before Jared Goff, <laughs> yeah. who finished behind him, that you mentioned Kyler Murray, yeah. Kyler Murray, yeah, because Kyler Murray is the guy I drafted. Yeah. Okay. They didn't. I didn't take. You know. I didn't take. Uh, didn't take him. No. Wish I had. Right. A lot but of I wouldn't have do. to replace my quarterback at the end of the season, right when the fantasy playoffs were getting ready to start. He fit, he was number he was the number ten overall scoring quarterback last season and and he went after all of those guys, but I do think that they do need to take a developmental guy behind him so that they can have somebody you know somebody at least getting ready for the future in case they do decide to move on from him. He's not going to get cheaper as he goes on, and we've seen no. again that the the recipe for success in this league seems to be building around a quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, well, Detroit yeah, looks like look they're at, you can look they're setting Wilson themselves up for a long example A of that. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. After they sign into a big deal, they haven't been in the Super Bowl not one time. 
All right. We are going to, before we get to the uh, the bottom two teams, and it's weird to say that, bottom two teams in Green Bay and uh, Chicago, we're going to listen to a spot here from uh, from SeatGeek. And then when we get back on the other side, we're going to wrap this up here, talk about the NFC North. We'll, uh, we'll figure out what the Packers are finally maybe going to do and uh, and the Bears as well. Maybe. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Billy Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right. Thanks to you know, thanks to our friend for that one. But now let's let's get to Green Bay. Now they're okay. obviously I want to talk about them because they're my team, but we don't know where they're going to be sitting in the draft yet until the whole Aaron Rodgers situation shakes out. I don't think they're getting the number 13 pick. No, if they do get the number 13 pick. That way. If they do get the number 13 pick from New York, it'll be because they give them the 15 back. We're not going to end up in a situation in Green Bay where they've got two picks here in the first round this year. It's just not going to happen. Everybody in Cheesehead land needs to let that dream go. I know it's Aaron Rodgers. I know he'll be in the Hall of Fame someday. I know he won you a Super Bowl. But it's just not going to happen. All right? So I do... I mean, I think that the second round pick that they picked up from the Browns, the Jets picked up from the Browns in the Eli Moore trade, I think that comes into play here. It would not be the craziest thing and out of the question to see both of those second round picks the Jets have come to Green Bay. I think the more likely scenario is a second, possibly one of those seconds this year, and a conditional next year that could become a first if Rodgers wins them the Super Bowl and is the MVP and decides yeah. and, and then, signs then on that he's going to play for the next eight years. <laughs> then we sprinkle fairy dust all over the land and everybody's smiling. Toss it around, but, right? Yeah. No, but, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen with them until yeah. this Aaron Rodgers it, situation no, shakes it, it, it looks more and more likely to me that, that whatever trade that they do finally make, it's not going to happen until after the draft. It may not even happen until after the draft. Right. It, it saves the Packers money if they can wait, if they can designate this as a post-June 1st type thing. And as you mentioned, if they just move up two slots in the first round, it's, it's, there's really not a lot to gain. Not so necessarily. Maybe no. that's, that's, that's what I see happening now, is they don't do this till after, what, June 1st? Yeah, you, might, you might be able to talk – the Jets. I mean, the Jets have kind of painted themselves into a corner here too. Let's be honest. Yeah. This is a team that is that is expecting to compete. Into a corner on this one. Aaron this Rogers is a, this is a team that is the expecting themselves to compete, but they need a quarterback, and they have exhausted all other options by now. They right. need. They have to bring in Aaron Rodgers. They have to bring Aaron Rodgers in. But you might be able to get them to agree to a well, yeah, like some kind of future first, not conditional. But you're not you're not getting that 13 this season, and if you wait until after the draft, it probably makes more financial sense from the Packers' standpoint. So I'm I'm not expecting it to 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 affect what they do in the first round. So, but so even at number 15, 
there's some interesting selections that could be on the board for them. And, uh, you know, they need a tight end. I'm sure that you were not crying, you know, in your pillow that Robert Tanyan is not there anymore. Robert Tanyan's a solid so, player. Robert Tanyan is a solid player in the NFL. He's one of those guys, he's a classic guy. I say it all the time. I would love him on my real life team, and I love to have him on my real life team. But fantasy-wise, he was just way too inconsistent. I know he had the big year two years ago, but it was all touchdown dependent. Touchdown the dependent. guy had 10 right. touchdowns, and he had barely 50 catches. You're not going to catch a touchdown one out of every five receptions in this league. No, no one does that. No, no not even one does right that. Do like that. That cannot hold, and it did not hold for him. Didn't. Very touchdown dependent. Uh, sort of the sort of along the lines of Dawson Knox. Just very dependent on right. getting those red zone looks and making the catch in the end zone every time they're down there. And if not, he's just a guy. Uh, so, you know, it's a nice move for the Bears, I think, as a compliment to Cole Komet. We'll talk about the Bears in a minute. Right. But, yeah, I, it doesn't kill me that they lose him. No, but so they need to replace him. They do need to replace player, him. Right? And the player that I believe that will be there at number 15 – the top tight end on my board, and that's Michael Mayer out of Notre out of Dame. Notre Dame. Out of Notre Dame. That's Michael Mayer, not Michael Meyer. And I and I have seen him, I have seen him connected to them in a in a ton of mock drafts. A lot of people are thinking that that he's one of the you know, he that he's one of the the short list for them to take there. The Packers have not necessarily traditionally been a team that drafts for need. They traditionally take best player available, but you might he have, may be the best player available. Have that convergence there of best player available fitting a need for you there. Uh, he's got a real high floor. Mayor does real high floor and his ceiling. Yeah, it's yeah. Through the roof. This is a, this is a guy who who can play play the position, play it well, do everything. Ran a four seven in the forty, um, but again. Who knows what they're going to do because they have that history, frustratingly enough, from Packers' <laughs> standpoint, of not necessarily drafting ever for need and only drafting best player available. Now, if that's the case, it would be awesome if it ends up being a tight end. It would also help them out. They could also use another receiver to receiver because all their receivers are now in New York. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, right. Alan Lazard's in New York. Randall Cobb is on the wish list in New York, apparently. Now Watson looked really good last year when he played. In uh, yeah. worked explosive. That's the key. After right. the first pass of the season, he looked great. Dropping that first pass of the year didn't help things, but uh, between him and Romeo Dobbs, who looked solid and looked like a viable number two type receiver in this league, outside but he has of them on the field as well. Outside of them, they've only got three receivers on the whole right. roster. So they definitely, even if they do do the tight end thing. There's wide receivers that need to be tabbed. Definitely. definitely. For Green Bay. Definitely. They and need so, to bring uh, in another receiver. You know, and two tight ends from ten, uh, wide receivers from Tennessee, possibly uh, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt. As I mentioned, ten Tennessee's offense right. looked spectacular. And so those are guys they could get a guys little... that they could pick up. After the first round, that right make a big difference. Those are guys they can grab on probably on day two, especially now. Like we said, 
if the trade goes through and they do happen to pick up extra second second day picks those are those are guys that would be available for them right but i think and, that they do need to address that early in this draft that and right and if if for some reason they don't go tight in like you said maybe they decide some other position which i can't fathom but is more you know the players is better or whatever it is so then i see my uh because my home state is utah all right and go. uh i see my guy from utah coming over there and camping out in your home state. <laughs> in my, in my so, of the woods. So, yeah, so I'm talking about Dalton Kincaid. And uh, that's not a bad fallback position at all. No, not at yeah. all. Not at all. So if they – I don't think he you – know, there's no chance that he's mayor. I don't think. Because mayor's like, – you know, the floor and ceiling are both high on him. So, but if they don't get him, I think Kincaid can do some things for them as that, that they're going to like. There we go. The other possibility that scares the hell out of me is that they, at okay. some point in this draft, take another young quarterback. They have never shied away from doing that. When Aaron, no, Aaron, Rodgers, first, Aaron Rodgers' first year in the league, they took Brian Brom out of Louisville, and, uh, and, and that's also – when they took, uh, oh, what the, uh, I can't, his name is escaping me right now because I'm an old man. They, uh, from right. LSU, they took two quarterbacks that year. Rogers' first year in the league, they had his two backups were both were both rookies. Um, they're not a team that's afraid to do that. They've been doing it since Favre was the quarterback. But it worries me if they do it this year. Let the guy let if love is your guy and you claim he's your guy and you all claim to is love that, him. That's- yeah, show him not that, the guy, let him be the that, guy for a year. Yeah, the whole thing slides off the mountain if he's not the guy. Bring in, bring in a, bring bring in a, a veteran to back him up that you can that you can then you know you know that you're okay if love completely flames out, right? But bring in bring in that veteran. Don't bring in somebody that he's always that he's going to be looking over his shoulder all year, wondering if if people want to replace him or not. Matt Flynn is the guy that I'm that Matt I'm thinking Flynn. of. I can't okay. remember. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't remember his damn name, but okay. um, you know they uh, they brought in Brian Brown and Matt Flynn behind Aaron Rodgers his first year as a starter. Um, don't do that same thing to Aaron Love or Jordan Love. I just it's been it's been a weird situation already. If you're going to hand him the team, hand him the damn team. You need somebody else other than Danny Etling behind him, but don't do it in the draft. That's just my take on it. Get a wide receiver, get a tight end for us, help us out. You need both of those. You need and both. And then jump on defense all, all day long, and I'll be happy with it. Let's okay. move on to the Chicago Bears real quick here before we, before we get on out of here. This all is right. another team that has that looks like they've they've addressed their needs pretty well here in free agency. They lose David Montgomery. Well, they bring in Deontay Foreman. They already had Khalil Herbert. And they also uh, brought in Travis Homer from from Seattle. Uh, they're, they're set there. They are, they are right. set they, there. They, they, surprisingly, their, their skill positions in, in, in on the offense. Look really solid. You're looking good. You're looking good. You know, so everything's, I think, is going to be fine there. They uh you know they get wide receiver coming over from uh 
They trade for Harold. DJ Moore with that number one D- pick DJ swap Moore, that they did. Who I have been, I have drafted two years in a row. I don't know what my fascination <laughs> is exactly with him, but uh, you've got Dwayne Burrow syndrome. Probably better in real life than in fantasy. So, but if you've got him on your dynasty team, you better, you know, because he's got a quarterback now. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. So, I'm, I'm, I'm taking no offers for him. Right. Yeah, no, not right, right now. I, I agree with you that their, their skill positions look really set. Bringing in more, now you can bump right. Mooney down to that number two, which he probably is anyway. You've got Chase Claypool, who is still really young. All three of these guys. Really right. young still, could grow and, with and, fields. And Chase Claypool is a guy that better step it up. He, he needs to. Right? Or he's going to be, you know, walking down the side of the road by this time next year. They brought in Tunyon, as we as we mentioned. So they've got Komet and Tunyon now at tight end. And, and Komet is a guy there. that I like. Yeah. And he's a guy that's on my dynasty team. And, and obviously – Fantasy-wise, at quarterback, too, with Justin Field, they are set at those positions. Absolutely. And so they made their decision, and it was the right one, to not take the quarterback at the number one draft spot. I was a little surprised that they made the move as fast as they did to agree to the trade. I'm surprised but, they made a smart move for once. Right. And so I think that's going to work out for them, that they traded back to number nine. And if, because we talked about the Lions earlier, if – Jalen Carter continues to slide. He could be there at number nine. He and if he was, that would help them out a ton. That would help them out because this, this is another team. You know, we we're talking about you know eighty eighty five Bears and all that stuff. Right. Defense. They need to get back to the, right of the midway and all get that. Get back to their identity. Yep. There's no Defense. monsters of the midway, no. and if there were any, they traded them last year anyway. They trade out. They traded literally so traded all of their defensive stars play. away last year, and there, yeah, they do not. There is no lacquer. Um, there's no they need defensive players. They need. Yeah, there's no there's Richard no. Dent. No, there's, there's no none of that. Mag. They, no, there's no, no Peanut Tillman on this that. team. And they do need to concentrate no. on defense. So they need defensive players. They need offensive linemen to keep fields. You know, standing up. I agree. Because if he's going to be a running quarterback, which he is, they need they, they need to keep him as safe as they can, and and maybe call up Russell Wilson and find out how it was that he was. You know, because he slid out of danger better than any other quarterback I think I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day. How do you do it now? <laughs> but he could, you know, he could get out of bounds and he'd get down, and he was a guy that's not big, of course. No. But. And when he did get hurt because he hit his hel- hand on somebody's helmet, it wasn't because he got sacked. Right. So that's what they need to make sure Justin Fields doesn't wind up, you know, missing six games like Lamar, you know, does. Right. So get him, you know, get him up to speed on that. Get your uh, your defense, maybe some offensive linemen. And I think you're set. I, I agree completely. D, the, this was the number 32 ranked DST in fantasy last season. Any and, improvement yeah. they can make on and defense. You cannot be yeah. if you're the Bears. No, you can't be the last. You can't be outside the top 15. No. If they can if they can improve that offensive line and protect fields, let him 
learn and play with these these skill position players that they have brought in right. if they could shore up that defense like i said this is a team that could be ascendant in the nfc uh north and i think that minnesota and green bay have to be very worried about what's going on in detroit and chicago right, right now and all right so go ahead Finish so last point because if jalen carter does is not there at number nine then the player i'm taking paris johnson offensive tackle out of ohio state there you go at number there nine you go. Your offensive yeah, that sets you up. If you if if you great. can move if you can move Tevin Jenkins to guard where he played pretty well last season and yeah and replace him at tackle and keep him in the mix though you could they could really strengthen that offensive line in a hurry. They do still have they do they did take Alex Leatherwood to the inexplicable first round pick from the Raiders a couple of years ago who was not a first round talent but got taken anyway out of Alabama, but uh, they do still have him. He's still around, whether he's a tackle or not, whether he needs to play inside or not, they have options there, but especially if they, if they could take a tackle, I agree with you there. They, they would really set themselves up to possibly improve that offensive line in a hurry. Uh, why don't you let people know where we can find you, Kevin? We're going to, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, let us know what you got coming up and, and where we can find you. At. Well, you know, you can always find me, uh, this is only my first show of the day because uh, coming up at seven o'clock central, that's uh, we got the, uh, the sports stove fantasy baseball show Vince and I do. And then, um, then uh, I, I have an article that I do once, at least once a week on uh, fantasy baseball right now. And uh, you know, baseball is here. Way. It's we underway. Are- we are and so, uh, but there are a lot of players that are injured already, and so there's a lot of openings that that guys have on their teams. That uh, I'm going to have an article that's going to come out that uh, who you should look for off your waiver wire, and so that's something you can look for out of me. And I just like to say, you know, pat myself on the back, all right, a little bit, because <laughs> I did an article last week, and uh, I got it on Reddit, and on. Uh, the post that I put out had 25,000 views. Oh boy. So, so, you know, I, I put out the, the post draft pickups that, that, that you could have after the draft and everything settled down. And, and as I mentioned, players are hurt and whatnot. And people just seem to that blew their minds a little bit, I guess. So, <laughs> well, there you go. There you have it. So that's what's going on for me. Excellent. All right. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at STTChaseFFB. I give my thoughts on every signing there, and and I'll be giving my thoughts all the way through the draft on what teams need and what moves have been made. Uh, I will have a couple articles coming out this week dealing with the topic we've dealt with today, the AFC and NFC North and what those teams need in the draft. I'll go a little more in-depth into it than we probably went today, uh, but that'll be happening all the way through the draft as well. So until then, for Kevin Wilson, I am Chase Thornton. Uh, Thank you for joining us. If you like what you hear, if you like what you're seeing, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're on YouTube there, subscribe. Hit that like button, subscribe, and we're we're, we're grateful for everyone that, that, that joins us. Check out all the other great content at Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Fantasy Sports, Belly Up Media. Uh, But until next time, until next Sunday, same time, same channel, Slanjava.